Um, so, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, read through the whole of the, of the chapter, uh, hear the word of God. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves, as a father or the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. And in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths, peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason. He has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Uh, the grass withers, uh, the flower fades, uh, but the word of the Lord endures.
deserves forever. I pray that it would be among us tonight. If wisdom is the ability to live well, then the good life is necessarily connected uh, to wisdom. In other words, you you can't uh, experience the good life without wisdom, and only it only comes uh, from wisdom. Right? Wisdom uh, in Scripture and Proverbs here is not just some uh, abstract uh, idea, um, some uh, some hidden uh, principle or secret insight. Uh, it's very practically focused in what we do and how we live. It's, it's in a focused ability. It's an ability to, uh, to make the most of your situation, uh, to make the most of yourself, uh, of your resources, of your opportunities, uh, to, make the, to make the most of your life, uh, to develop it in its fullness and the enjoyment of that. But usually what we want, though, is the benefit of the good life uh, without the hassle of this commitment to wisdom. We want all the benefits of the relationship without that commitment uh, in uh, the relationship. Uh, There's a thing in uh, philosophy, it's referred to as the hedonistic uh, paradox. Um, Bear with me because I love philosophy, so I like to talk about that. Hedonism is this uh, pursuit of pleasure, not just, uh, uh, you know, like base pleasures, but the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of pleasures and the things that we would go about. And, And this hedonistic paradox says that those who are, most seeking after their own pleasure and their own happiness uh, very rarely ever seem to be the ones who found it. A lot, most things you say of the person who searches most after it's the one who gets it. The person who works hardest at getting the good grade in the class uh, may well be the person that gets it. But, but in, in this pursuit of pleasure and happiness, it seems to be those that pour themselves into that search very rarely uh, have the, the satisfaction, the hope, the fulfillment to, to speak of it. I'll put it this way on the, on the college uh, campus. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole lot of freshmen that uh, come to FSU, whether for this purpose or not, pretty quickly get drawn into the party scene because it's FSU. And there's always something going on uh, somewhere. Um, and, uh, and they just jump all into it. Um, now, if you talk to those folks a little bit later, maybe senior year, you get maybe a different comment than you do the first few weeks of uh, a freshman year. For some of them, you'll hear... Honestly, some of them you'll hear some regret, uh, things that they jump into. Well, I was young, but here, but maybe some of them are carrying some baggage from it. Uh, there's others who have just kind of uh, gotten tired of it. Um, every once in a while I get the conversation of a junior or senior who just calls up, and they're like, yeah, I always thought I would connect with the campus ministry. But listen, but these things are just kind of just kind of not as excited about going to the getting wasted every weekend um, and, and starting to ask some more serious questions. Just kind of lost the luster. Uh, and there's others, though, who are, who are still very much after it, right? Senior year, fifth year senior, uh, they're still pushing it, they're going after it, um, but it still seems like they're trying to fill something that's empty. They're still going after it and looking for the next big party that that'll be enough, um, but very few who would just be satisfied with it. Yes, this was it, that was awesome, and, and, it, and it's going great from it. On the other hand... Um, Probably a number of old couples that you could talk to who uh, wore themselves out, working hard, uh, raising their family, sacrificing for their kids, lived well. And in some senses, it always seemed that other things got in the way of just the pursuit of their pleasure. But you look at them and the way they live and the way their family is together, um, and they're often much happier. 
just a deeper level of satisfaction with who they are and the life that they've enjoyed. Right, happiness and pleasure uh, or, or the good life isn't gained by aiming at it. It's not, not gained uh, directly, it's gained indirectly as, as attached to, to something else. There's been a psychological, sociological studies that bear out that hedonistic paradox. Verse 16 um, mentions long life, riches, and honor. All things that we want in the good life, right? To live, to live a long life of happiness, having lots of money and lots of stuff and lots of friends who think well of you, who admire you, who respect you, who approve of you and want to be like you and want you to like them. Uh, that's part of the good life, the way that we look at it. And in Proverbs, though, where's that found? It's in wisdom's right hand and in her left hand that long life, riches, and honors are, are carried. A lot of times what we want to do is kind of uh, sneak up and snatch long life from her, uh, is just steal a little bit of riches or find a different way to have honor rather than coming um, and loving and, and belonging to her and seeking out wisdom and holding on to it. There's another way to put this question as, as we walk through it. Um, it's just simply, who's happy? Who are the people that you find are happy and fulfilled and satisfied and loving and getting the most uh, out of life? Um, who's happy, really significantly uh, happy? Or maybe another way to put it, um, how, do we, how do we hold on to happiness? When it usually just feels like something that's happening right now and as the pleasure dulls, it goes away until uh, the next good moment. How do we hold on to happiness? Proverbs is speaking into that. We're going to look at it in three different sides to the passage. Uh, danger, desire, uh, and difficulty. Uh, the first 12 verses looking, speaking about danger. It's these warnings. Uh, middle section, 13 to 18 especially, uh, speaking about desire and then difficulty uh, at, the, at the end. The good life comes from wisdom. It comes only with and in and through holding on to wisdom. So first of all, there's this danger uh, that the passage uh, speaks about. Uh, there's the danger of letting go of wisdom. Uh, if you've ever heard the, um, the old Aesop's fable, I remember it from like kindergarten or something, of the dog who has the bone in his mouth, uh, and he walks over to a pond, and he sees his reflection uh, in the pond, and he sees another bone, uh, and pretty quickly he drops his bone in order to grab the other bone, and then he's lost it. That so often for us, there's the, uh, we see here's, here's some other moment of pleasure that we think we can get, and we're willing to let go of and drop wisdom in order to gain the benefits that actually only come uh, through wisdom. Interesting, if you look at this uh, chapter, one of the words uh, that ends up being very important that's most repeated uh, in this uh, chapter is the word not. I uh, forget how many times it's mentioned through here. Uh, significantly, almost every uh, couple set of verses in the first 12 verses, and then a string of them again after verse 21. There's this not. There's a, there's a contrast that's being developed. Why? What's, what's going on? 
All right, in Proverbs 2, it's talked about um, finding wisdom. There's this, there's this advancement that's going. In Proverbs 2, it speaks of uh, gaining, accepting, finding wisdom. And now in Proverbs 3, it's talking about keeping wisdom, holding on to that wisdom, or maybe more how we think of it, living out those principles. We could say, yes, this is what I've found, this is what I've learned, this is what I've heard, and I value. But it's so much more difficult to actually put that into practice and live that out. And continue in that way. Uh, so often when we think we can grab a moment's happiness right now, uh, wisdom falls uh, to the wayside. Whether that's going ahead and watching another show on Netflix, even though it's late, even though I've got other stuff that I've got to do, or um, actually uh, taking up the responsibility and going for that. Uh, whether it's uh, sex now or looking at your possible marriage relationship later. How do you weigh those things out? Uh, whether it's just being, uh, <laughs> having slept well and being rested for all the things that you have tomorrow or later in the week versus actually just hanging out with friends and staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning because everyone's having uh, a good time. The, the knots, keep following here, the knots are pointing to the danger because uh, we so easily let go. If you just kind of follow the knots through these first uh, 12 verses uh, here, because it's so easy for us to forget the teaching of wisdom in Scripture when something else is being offered to us that's appealing. Uh, or in verse uh, 3, it's so often for us to uh, let go of and forsake uh, the character of wisdom that it would build in us uh, when there's something else uh, that draws us out. Um, the, the knots continue to say it's, uh, we so often would rather just trust in ourselves and our own perspective, what we want, what we're telling ourselves is good and our own wisdom, uh, rather than looking to the Lord. And the passage continues on and on, pointing out this danger uh, for us. Um, there's, a, there's a pattern to these uh, first 12 verses. Um, I'd love for you not just, to, not just to hear me say it, but I'd love for you to be able to see in Scripture how this is part of what, what God is saying. Right? And these first 12 verses, like the first and the second verse go together, the third and the fourth. The, the odd verses, I continue to talk about an action, uh, something that's being done or should not be done. And then in the even verses, in each time, it mentions a promise. Right? And so it continues to use this, uh, this not. And then the other word that's very significant in this passage, uh, nine times in this passage, is the, the covenant name for God, the Lord. This relationship that we have with God from being his people, from belonging to him, it's only mentioned uh, nine times in the rest of Proverbs. It's mentioned nine times uh, in this passage. This context that it tends to be this not, not, not just looking to ourselves, uh, but instead... Uh, the Lord, not just our actions, uh, but, but all these promises uh, come, they're connected to the action, but not just from, from us getting it from ourselves, but the promise comes uh, to the Lord. The, the benefit of the good life is only kept by holding on to wisdom. The, the couplets are all uh, connected there. The, the long life, the peace of days, the, the easy uh, paths, the refreshment, the healing, uh, the riches, the vats uh, overflowing, uh, all are connected to holding on to wisdom and living, living it out. Right? I can't tell you uh, how many students um, uh, come to FSU thinking that they hold certain values. 
Uh, right? Sometimes I get to meet with prospective students early in the year, get to meet with a, with a lot of students maybe who are interested, looking for a campus minister, looking for, for something, uh, thinking that they hold uh, to certain values, and then the first semester ends up telling a, a very different story. Um, uh, there's a girl uh, uh, a few years ago who she never would have described herself coming in as a druggie, um, and she had a great time at FSU, uh, great friends on the spiritual side and other sides of life, uh, but she, was, she ended up high most days, um, had a very difficult time in her classes, and when she was talking to me, found that she was getting drawn in, not just to, uh, not just to weed, but into other things, and she was starting to actually scare herself now a little bit. Um, and who she thought she was and the principles that she thought she lived in, when she looked in the mirror, she knew she was seeing something very different. Um, or the number of people that just tell me, I, you know, I always thought I would find a church, I always thought I would find a, a campus ministry, but it just, it just never just never happened somewhere. It's, it's further down the way. Uh, and I don't want you to think that's just like, oh, these people that went off the wrong track, that's where they are. Uh, speaking to us, this is speaking uh, to me uh, constantly, probably daily, uh, for me, a tendency is just to let go of wisdom and principles and the right teaching of scripture that would call uh, deep love and sacrifice and care for others. And instead, it's a lot easier to look for my own needs or my own wants or own desires. Um, and on a relaxing Saturday, I can see the bushes like poking up and they need to be you know, trimmed, but it's a whole lot easier to just sit down and relax. <clears throat> or I'm worn out after a day and there's like Thomas has gotten out puzzle after puzzle and just, you know, <laughs> dumped it. Um, and man, it's a lot easier to just stand there with him or go run around, do something else with him than, than uh, actually chase him down and keep him safe and start putting those puzzles back together. Uh, right, so we, when, we see, when, when our heart leans somewhere else, this pleasure that's easy for us, we look to grasp that delight, that what we think is happiness then, uh, and we let go and forsake our wisdom quickly. Um, it's a contrast between this not of ourselves and instead looking at the Lord and trusting in him. Uh, that's why uh, 5 and 6, our verses 5 and 6 are so memorized and helpfully uh, so and talked about. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. It wants to run away from it. Uh, be wise in your own eyes. Uh, fear the Lord and turn away uh, from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Um, you see that in verse 7, this be wide, uh, be, uh, be not wise in your own eyes. I really think, especially in later things that we'll see in this passage, uh, brings us back to the Garden of Eden. You didn't see it bringing that. There's a lot of connections of wisdom, uh, both to Genesis and the Garden of Eden, as well as to, to Revelation. See some of those uh, in a minute. But there, uh, in, in the Garden of Eden at the beginning of creation, there was uh, this tree that God placed in the middle of the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you remember the way uh, that happens, the, uh, the serpent comes uh, in his craftiness and speaks to the woman. Uh, and she, this is the way the passage says it, looked at the tree and saw that the tree was uh, good for food, a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. So she took of its fruit and ate and gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate. What's going on there? They're looking at it, and, and in the core of that sin uh, from the beginning is a being wise in our own eyes. 
uh, looking at it and, and this an abandonment of God's instruction, of his teaching, of his truth, and saying, yeah, but I want to figure it out on my own. Now, now I know you're, you're told uh, constantly um, just from day to day in our culture that, yes, you have to discover your values and who you are, uh, and you've got to figure out what those things are that matter to you and live that out. And there's an element of truth there of knowing who you are. Uh, but there's an element that says you get to be the one who decides what good and evil is. You should be wise in your own eyes despite what anyone else thinks. And Proverbs is calling you to a different perspective that says us and our limitedness, I'll come up with my values, you come up with, with yours, but, but we don't have the perspective that God has who's made us and made the world and has given us better insight than we can come up with ourselves. And instead of looking and seeing what's wise to our eyes, uh, we're to trust in the Lord. Commit ourselves to him. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It's in following what he says that is that refreshment, uh, that, that medicine uh, that's healing, um, uh, that, that paths are made uh, straight. Uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they ate of it. All the rest of the consequences of the fall uh, came from there. Uh, it's a tree of knowledge and evil, really, that points us uh, to uh, the death of Christ. But there had to be a way, uh, for, with God and his mercy, wanting to redeem us and have some relationship with us. He was restoring us to a relationship. But in that curse, there was a casting out, and there was a, there was a promise that curse would be fully uh, finished uh, and paid. Because we've been uh, wise in our own eyes. Uh, Christ uh, took on the blame and was punished and crucified. Uh, that we could have the healing of forgiveness of acceptance, of being restored uh, into uh, God's love. There's this danger uh, for us of letting go of wisdom uh, because of the other things that we think we can get uh, in the moment. Two other things still in this first section that, that just bring that out. Because uh, money is one of the areas where you see that uh, quickly and well. Uh, and just the, and verse, verses uh, 9 and 10 bring out the paradox for it for you, right? Honor the Lord with your, with your wealth. Uh, take care of how you spend your money, what you do with it, but particularly there's an element of giving to the Lord part of your wealth. The first fruits of your, the, the, the first and the best parts of what you, what you get, give that to God, it says, because then your storehouses will be full and overflowing. You're like, hmm. I, mean, I don't know what kind of accounting they were using back in biblical times, but in, in the things will be found at FSU and just in, like, you take that first money and you invest it in something that's growing and it's going to give you a good return, and then things will start overflowing. Here he's saying, as we see it worked out in how we live and our principles, uh, if we honor him with it, then the barns are filled with plenty. Your vats will be uh, bursting with wine. He's able to bring uh, the things that we long for. It doesn't just come uh, from ourselves. And maybe then another perspective on it in verses 11 to 10. Um, Do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, his correction. Um, right, if you're just, if, you know, I've got kids, raising kids, but if, if you're just, if everything in your life is always uh, easy, and good and successful. There's ways where we would love that. And we would also be really, really immature. It's not just healthy when you haven't learned to learn to grow. And, you know, learn to uh, have someone else that you have to deal with and relate to. Uh, uh, learn to uh, deny yourselves and, and pursue um, 
I pursue better things. And there's a way in which God is uh, disciplined, is leading, he's nurturing us and raising us, teaching us a healthy uh, wisdom and reliance on him. That's hard. Uh, Hebrews puts it pretty clear when it talks about this passage, saying that, that no one uh, delights in discipline at the time that it comes. No one, no one enjoys that. Uh, but the benefit that it produces is good. Um, and this brings out for us what we, what we long for is to know God's love uh, and its fullness, that he would treat us uh, like a son and whom he delights and is proud of. Proud of. Um, I don't think we experience that through continuing to trust in him as hard things are happening. Uh, that's what he's bringing out. Listen, there's a danger of, of letting go of wisdom. But the good life comes through wisdom, and it only comes uh, through wisdom. So to move from uh, danger, uh, secondly, to delight. Um, See this in the in verses thirteen uh, to nineteen that it focuses us uh, on delight. You can uh, even use the word in verse fifteen, and nothing you desire uh, can compare with her, can compare with wisdom. In other words, what it's doing is this: uh, focusing our our attention and our, on our desire where it should truly rest on wisdom itself, and not just the benefits that that go along with and accompany her. Because of those benefits, we value her more. We see uh, her beauty and her glory. Um, but, but it focuses our desire on, on her. Uh, you know, relationships, college relationships, tend to, tend to come and go here and there uh, and things. And I think what happens a lot of time uh, is there's just an enjoyment of being together, of finding someone who thinks that you're special when you're thinking that they're special and just the enjoyment of having someone else that you can trust and relate to or go do fun things together. Um, and it's, and it's great, but, but sometimes part of what's there is you're, you're actually valuing what you get out of the relationship instead of actually valuing the person that you're in the relationship with. You're both saying, well, it works out really good for each of us to have these things. Um, but but it's your, your desire and focus on that other person, but just what you get together. And Proverbs is, is bringing that out for you. Or if you're asking the question, uh, we said at the beginning, who's happy? Uh, Proverbs says it very plainly uh, in verse 13 and the end of verse uh, 18. Uh, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Blessed, fortunate, uh, happy is the person who finds wisdom. That's where the real fulfillment and satisfaction is, the one who gets uh, understanding, the one who uh, holds fast uh, to wisdom and claims her. Not, because, not because, because in her are found all these things, right? Nothing else compare, that you desire can compare with her. Not she gives you these jewels and riches, and that's why she matters, uh, because of her itself. Um, well, I think there's just this amazing statement in verse 19 uh, that compares her. As it's, it's speaking of wisdom personified as this woman and says this, that she is a tree of life. Again, you go uh, back to the garden. Um, <clears throat> there's two trees in the middle of the garden, not only the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, but the tree of life. Um, and the tree of life is only mentioned in Genesis, uh, in that context. Uh, it's mentioned in Revelation, uh, the very end, when it pictures uh, a paradise, and there will be uh, a river uh, of the water of life flow flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, and the tree of life 
uh, on both sides of the river, bearing its fruit in its season, um, uh, 12 different kinds of fruit, and its uh, leaves are for the healing of the nations. Um, the sense of uh, this, this tree is a tree that is, that the sharing of that tree is sharing in eternal life, a sharing in life that's, that's a life of fullness, uh, that's healing. And so Adam and Eve were, were cast out of the garden uh, to not be able to continue to partake of it. But uh, we're uh, given in the, in the new Jerusalem, the new heavens, the new earth, restored to it. And besides Genesis and Revelation, the only places that it's mentioned is the book of Proverbs. Uh, mentioned four different times, and the first of those is this passage here. Um, that, that wisdom is the place where fullness of life and healing and eternal life uh, is found. Um, which hopefully brings it out a little bit more clearly, those things that the New Testament makes explicit, uh, that that's found in Christ. Uh, that eternal life and fullness of life and fulfillment of life is found in Christ and in Christ alone. And a lot of times what we're doing is just looking for uh, what benefits do I get from Christ? What benefits do I get from going to church or being connected or reading my Bible? How will that make me more encouraged today or this week or feel better about myself? And this passage is focusing your desire to say, look at Christ and his glory. Look at him and his beauty of who he is, uh, that he would die for us so that, yes, we get forgiveness and approval and restored into God's uh, family. Uh, Look at his uh, beauty of his resurrection life that can't have any end that he uh, shares with us. That he draws into us. Uh, look at his uh, holiness uh, and his riches and all that he has uh, stored up that he gives graciously. Focuses our desire. So many of the things we look at and we think just what we want. If what we want is, is that moment of pleasure, uh, that relationship of approval, the appreciation of this moment, the feeling of success at this time, uh, then we let go of wisdom and we move on. But if we know what it is that we should desire, uh, then we start to enjoy uh, that significance of fullness and delight and satisfaction uh, that comes with life uh, in Christ. Danger points us to desire. And then thirdly, um, the way I would put it here is, uh, is, is things that address a difficulty. Um, I think oftentimes when we want to let go is when things are hard. Um, and the more, that, the more that we just don't feel like we're getting enjoyment, pleasure, we feel like nothing good is happening in our life, we'll take any good thing that will affirm it. Um, and we just, we, we grasp for it and we hold on to it. Um, so it's warning us about that and saying, yes, in the difficult things, their wisdom will sustain you, but, but encourages us to continue to live out wisdom uh, when those things are difficult. Um, it talks about the Lord, how he created everything is by wisdom. Put it like this, if you can connect more on this picture of it. Uh, the way scripture describes creation, God's creating out of nothing, but it uses the language of just everything as a chaotic mess of nothingness. Um, sometimes your life feels like a chaotic mess that you don't know how to make anything of. Or just your day from the beginning to the end went downhill and there didn't seem anywhere else for it to go. And you go, what can I do with this? God, by wisdom, took the chaotic mess of the nothingness and made life and goodness and all of creation out of it. 
And it's that wisdom that he gives uh, to us. So verses 21 uh, through 26 uh, speak of the difficulty. They speak about it more in the language now of protection. Uh, that wisdom is something uh, that, that protects. Be a life for your, your soul, but you'll, uh, your foot won't stumble. Uh, you'll not be afraid of what happens when you go to sleep. And instead of being uh, anxious constantly when you sleep, there'll be a sweetness to it. There won't be anxiety in the Christian life. But, but it speaks of the, the protection uh, of these things. Not to be afraid of the sudden terror when it comes. But uh, for the Lord will be your confidence. As you listen around that and you, you hear, okay, you'll be protected. Uh, you, you have confidence in the Lord. Your foot won't be caught. Uh, but you hear terror happening around you. You hear pain and difficulty and traps uh, springing. And it's difficult uh, to continue to hold in wisdom, to trust that you don't just have to look and find your own way out or, or, or escape, uh, that God is able to sustain, uh, that Christ's work is enough, uh, even for us, even in the middle of the things that we face. But also difficulty of actually doing good, um, of actually living out the things that wisdom says are a good way to live and sacrifice and caring for others. Um, and you look at it, and it's easy to just affirm it until you start thinking about what it's like to live this way from verses 27 down. Do not withhold wisdom, to the, uh, do not withhold good from those to whom it's due when it's in your power to do it. It's kind of uh, catching the, the phrases that are going to come after that, too. It's given a general statement. But man, so, so, someone, something's going on with someone, you know about it, and you're there, and you can do something about it. That means spread yourself too thin into everything. But yes, act. Live in it. Don't just say, well, I, I, you know, I've had other things that I still needed to work on that mattered. Uh, there's a sense of actually springing into action and helping other people that you'd rather just not concern yourself with at times. Um, it's difficult to do. You're going to say to your neighbor, uh, go and come again tomorrow. I'll give it when you have it with you. Um, even when that's the annoying neighbor uh, that you don't really like, uh, that keeps pestering you. When it's the neighbor who's actually just saying, hey, you want to do something this weekend? Can, you, can, can we hang out? And that's the last person that you really want to call or really want to spend time with. Um, but instead of saying, oh, yeah, maybe next time we'll, uh, we'll catch up on this, you're going... Oh, this is this is maybe difficult. Maybe this isn't going to be the most pleasant night because we just don't like match or have the same sense of humor, and our jokes are going to fall flat. But 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 maybe I should actually respond instead of just putting it off. Or I love this: uh, Do not contend with a man for no reason when he's done you no harm. Who would do that, right? Uh, who would like pick a fight with someone just to pick a fight? That's that's ridiculous. We don't we don't ever do that kind of thing, um, unless like. That person steps in and they're funny when you were the person who was always funny. And now people are laughing at their jokes and they haven't done anything against you. Or, I mean, unless the guy starts dating the girl that you used to date or that you had an interest in. Um, and then, right, that you're allowed to fight for that. No, he hadn't done anything against you, right? Um, or, or the girl who starts to be friends with the girls that you were friends with. And they're not texting you as much. And you saw on Facebook they were hanging out with someone else. And it, it hurts, and you want to say something about her, you want to pick a fight with her, and you watch whether it's just the words in your head or the, the glances of the eyes that you give one another. It's so hard. It's difficult to actually love your neighbor. 
um, the way God has, has loved us, the way Christ has given himself to us. So we're, we're told, we're focused, uh, <clears throat> not to just uh, give up on uh, wisdom, not to let it go or let it slip away, uh, but to focus on the desires and wisdom herself. She's the benefit, and even when it seems hard, the good life comes through wisdom. That person that you might have been picking a fight with may end up being uh, the friend. And even if they're not, you're reflecting the gospel of God's love uh, to someone else. That's good and it's valuable to you, uh, to them, and to God. Who's happy? So you look around. Uh, you from day to day, as you reflect on your own experience, as you look around at people uh, around you, um, Who's happy? Who do you envy? Who do you look and see the way they have it is the way that I think I want it. And it'll be there uh, for me. <clears throat> How do you hold on uh, to happiness for more than just a moment? Uh, where, where do you look? This passage directs us uh, to that wisdom uh, focused in Christ. Uh, and it gives these words at the end. Uh, the last three verses kind of all uh, fit together in one. Uh, the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked. Uh, and if you haven't caught this yet, and yet in the passage, that's, that's our house. Um, that's, that's us. That's where we are and we live in one sense. That the Lord's curse is on those who haven't always lived to wisdom, that have instead been wise in their own eyes and made their own decisions and, uh, and, and experienced some from that. His curse is on that. But because of that, Christ has taken that curse on himself and his death on the cross that that, that penalty might be paid on him, that we could be uh, accepted and approved. That would be where we are apart from it. But he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Uh, that's Jesus' house. Uh, that's Jesus' people uh, that acquire the blessing that Christ receives, the righteous one uh, raised from the dead, that he freely shares with all who come uh, to him. It speaks of the wise inheriting honor, uh, but fools get uh, disgrace. You think of the freshman you know, student running into all the party scene, but you think of the... Uh, a uh, 50-year-old man who maybe goes through hard things and then he's back and doing the same things. He's going and getting wasted every weekend and getting high and not really focusing on stuff. And it doesn't look exciting. It doesn't look successful. It looks, it looks like disgrace. Passion speaks of a deeper sense of that condemnation, but that wise inherit honor, uh, that longing of approval, uh, that even comes from God's voice uh, on the last day saying, my beloved son, uh, men and women come in Christ, uh, honor, they get to be clothed with the very honor and glory of Jesus. The verse 34 that First Peter quotes and that uh, James quotes again, puts it this way, to the scorners he's scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. Uh, they quote it, uh, in the language of God opposes the proud, but gives grace uh, to the humble. Uh, when I first heard that verse and thought about it, uh, it's like, okay, so I kind of see my proud, my pride. So it's like, like God's on the other side, opposed to me. Like I'm not going to get anywhere uh, in that pride or the scorn, the scornful. To those that, that look and think they've got it, they found the pleasure, they have the things that they want, and they look down as better than everyone else, scornfully. Uh, God looks down with scorn 
against them by removing them. But to the lowly, to the weak, to the humble, to those who see their need and see their lack of wisdom, of Christ, of obedience. Uh, To the humble, he gives grace. Uh, He gives favor. Uh, He fills that need through his son, uh, through his word, by his spirit in us.